conservative, Christian, mother, wife, Air Force veteran, gun rights advocate. This is Stacy on the Right. Here's your host, Stacy Washington. Welcome into the show. Don't forget to visit us at StacyOnTheRight.com, 866-957-2874 to join the program, 866-95-PATRIOT. So glad to have you with us tonight and welcoming into the program Delano Squires, Research Fellow at the Richard and Helen DeVos Center for Life, Religion, and Family at Heritage. It's heritage.org to find out more. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me, Stacey. All right. It's good to have you here. So first off, I did cover this just a hair, this whole, there's been a a story over at the Wall Street Journal, and a lot of people are actually talking about this. There were even some bloggers, or actually they're podcasters, and they host a really popular uh, podcast, and they were on there. They're they're younger. They have um, kind of more modern ethos, and they're not traditionalists. They're not Christians. They're not conservative, Mm -hmm. but they were having a discussion and they were really batting this thing around about how, you know, if you if you live together before you're married, you have a higher incidence of divorce. And they were reading the statistics off and they were in a state of shock. And then, of mm. course, now you have this piece and it's about how welfare programs discourage marriage. And so there are a lot of ways in which our society, our current modern day America, makes marriage more difficult and actually shortens the uh, lifespan of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a big part of it is that... um you can craft policy in such a way that you create negative incentives to take certain types of actions. Um, so, so one of the things I said in my most you know, recent piece, arguing that pro-family conservatives must be pro-men, right? So they can't forget about the needs of men, um, is that feminists thought that they were destroying patriarchy, but what they really did was just deform it and create different forms of patriarchy. And one of those is bureaucratic patriarchy, which, you know, we've gotten through you know, big government programs, particularly since the war on poverty, um, where single mothers have an incentive to, for lack of a better term, marry the government. Um, and it really creates uh, a, a cycle in which um, those mothers receive, you know, funding, direct uh, cash payments and one type or another from the government, um, elected officials, receive votes and unelected bureaucrats receive job security. Um, and, and this is a sort of an iron triangle that is hard to break out of, but it's not doing anyone any good and particularly not the, the mothers, fathers, or the children who are sort of trapped in this vortex. And so the vortex you're speaking of is one in which all of us as taxpayers, we contribute to the vortex. We fund it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a it's an interconnected, symbiotic creature of our own making mm. that we both fund. And then you and I are sitting here talking tonight. You're in, I think, right. New York, right? And and we're, I'm down here in Missouri. Uh, right outside of D.C. From ah, New York, okay. though. But, uh, From New yeah. York, but at, right outside D.C. So you're you're doing all of this, this it's deep research, and then you have commentary. Then, of course, you write papers, and you go all mm-hmm. over to talk about these things. I'm doing the same thing where I am. I'm mm-hmm. castigating the welfare state, tearing it down. But, but meanwhile, when I get paid, the tax money has already been sucked out, and it's going <laughs> to these very things we're talking about. Yeah, that's that's true. And and um, I think one of the things, and I said this earlier in the piece, is that. Um, conservatives, need to, we need to get right in terms of our thinking on these issues and be able to articulate eternal truths with 
um, clarity and precision. So one of the things I said is that every conservative bill, statute, policy, or regulation that directly affects families should include some version of the following three statements. One, that children have a right to the love and support of the man and woman who created them. Two, that the ideal family structure for every child is to be raised by his or her married biological parents in a stable and loving home. And, that, and three, that men, not the state, are ultimately responsible for the children that they father. Um, that should be the, the iron triangle of social conservatism. Um, and from there, we should evaluate, you know, policies and laws to say, okay, does this create the types of incentives that we want as it relates to healthy family formation um, and creating the type of environment that we think is best for uh, men, women, and children. And that environment, you just described it so well, we have all of not just research papers, but all of these statistical data year after year, decade after decade, children who come from homes where they are supported by their biological mother and father, where those two parents are raising those two children together with very little government intervention, those children outperform on every metric and well into mm -hmm. adulthood are always on a better trajectory than children who are coming from the less than ideal familial circumstances. So this is not something that you and I are just making up as we go along right. or you're doing it because you're a racist and I'm doing it because I'm an Uncle Tom. This is not a, an exercise in futility where we just talk about stuff that doesn't work. We're not Democrats. We're talking about mm. verifiable, quantifiable data that has stacked up over the millennia showing that mm -hmm. even back in the Roman times, the mom and dad households with the, the kids did way better than the ones, you know, that didn't have that. So this is, it right. always has been type of a, a truth that we're talking about here. Absolutely. And I think part of it, Stacey, I mean, we can, we can push a level deeper, right? It's not, we're not saying the studies give light to these things, but you and I are talking about, um, the, the, the benefits that come from the natural family are because that's how God intended for families to function, right? This is, this is a matter of creation and design, not just happenstance. Um, it would be the same as if, like, we, we don't need studies to know that all other factors being equal, that a car achieves optimal performance when it drives on the four tires that come from the factory, as opposed to three tires and a spare, now, you, you, you can drive cross-country on a spare, um, but you're never going to achieve the same level of performance because that's not how the vehicle is designed. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to family, right? So we're, we're talking about the, the, the benefits that flow from a, a husband who's committed to his wife. Um, they are in a covenant relationship. Um, they love one another and care for one another, and they raise their children together. Um, that's a design feature. Uh, and I think too often, even sometimes conservatives, we slip into this role or this notion that all of these things are, are equal and the same um, and that they all basically can achieve the same results. And over time and, and with enough, you know, sort of examples, it's, it's clear that one particular type of structure is far superior to all the others, all things being equal. Yeah, but just you saying that sounds kind of racist, sounds kind of white supremacist, sounds kind of like you hate black women and you are in favor of the patriarchy and, you know, oppressing women and, and making women stay at home and not get to wear shoes and also no fake eyelashes and stuff. What's up with that, Delano? 
That's funny. It reminds me of um, something, you know, people said to me uh, before my wife and I, we had our first child. She said, oh, you just you just want your wife to be barefoot and pregnant. I said, no, she can have shoes if she wants to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, that, that's those types of responses are ridiculous. When people go to ad hominem, you know that they don't really have an argument. Um, I will say this, and I said this in my piece, um, you, you're going to get patriarchy regardless. <laughs> the question is, what form works best for society? And as I said, bureaucratic patriarchy has been a complete failure, and conservatives will readily acknowledge that. Um, corporate patriarchy is harder for conservatives to criticize because, one, you know, conservatives tend to be have uh, unquestioning sort of allegiance to, to the free market. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that corporate patriarchy um, promotes financial independence for women. But to the extent that corporations sort of uh, are involved in questions of family, the CEOs of, of you know, Delta and Google and Apple and Amazon would much rather pay for abortions than maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So that should give you a sense of what what their worldview is and what types of things that they value. Um, and then the third type, major type of patriarchy that I say would operate now is operating now is trans patriarchy. Right? This is this is the um, dismissal of biological sex as a reality altogether. Um, so again, the, the notion that we are going to um, be successful at subverting God's design for humanity. Um, we're, we're trying to fight an unwinnable war. And, and I think much of the um, disappointment, the unhappiness that people talk about so much in our culture, um, I, I, it's not really from my vantage point, it's not driven by people who are going through you know, tragic circumstances because we know those things happen. Mm-hmm. Most of the miserable people that I see in today's society are ones who um, have been worn down because they are literally in a fight against God and his nature and his design for the world. Um, and they found that their arms are too short to box with him. Um, but, but they still continue um, because they think that eventually they'll, they'll land a punch and it hasn't happened to this point. So I, I just, I, I just think that a rightly ordered sort of household and society is one in which men are responsible um, for the provision and protection of the women and children. Um, and I know that may rankle some people, but I challenge anyone to find one society um, that has certainly that survived over, you know, centuries in which the women were taught that it was their responsibility to care for an adult man and the children that they raised together. Um, right. If you can find one and you say that they have they, they have a better deal, then I think, you know, people can knock themselves out and, and, and try to make that work. Well, and so you talked about, you know, the arms are too short to box with God and also the there's a, a, a dissatisfaction that's settled in. And I, I recall this was maybe 12, 13 years ago. I used to be on a um, it was a, a email list group of women and ranging in all ages, but the younger ones had a big discussion um, based. It was an article that had been written. I don't remember the article specifically, but I remember that I was shocked by the lack of choices in men for them. There's all these college educated young men, but most of them were looking for a sometime sexual partner 
not mm. a wife because they have so much time on their hands to play video games and they came right out of college earning, you know, 70, 80,000 a year. They buy a condo or rent an apartment and then they immediately, you know, find their their gamer buddies and they game. Mm -hmm. And so they're only looking for women as a receptacle for their sexual urges as opposed to looking for a family. And it's easier for them as young men, you know, the young men do have a longer time span with which to make the decision to settle down than women. We have an right, expiration right. date on our ovaries. Men don't have that. So these women are in their early 30s and they thought by their early 30s they'd have already made their bones in their career and would be settling down on their second or third child. And instead, mm. they're perennially single and bemoaning the lack of choice in, in young men. And so at first, you know, I, I feel so much sympathy, but then I look at our society, we actually demonize men who want to marry. We demonize mm. men who want to take care of women and treat them, put them on a pedestal, treat them, you know, because it, it is it is a place of being on a pedestal. I know because I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years plus, and I still mm. work from home. So I'm a glorified stay-at-home mom because I make money, but I also do it right from this house. I still cook dinner mm. every night, and I'm in charge of the kids and the home stuff. And so it's a privilege to get to do that, to not have to work, to not have to be concerned with earning the money. And this isn't a place of privilege I'm speaking from. It took a lot of sacrifices in the beginning for my husband and I when I decided, when I actually said out loud to him, so we're making the decision that your career will be primal and mine will be, if it ever happens, it will happen much later after the children are well beyond you know, having me to drop them off anywhere or take them anywhere. And we agreed on that after thinking it over and discussing it. And it has paid off in spades for us because mm. he earns more, had more earning potential from the beginning. And in this place, in honoring our marriage, he's able to do so. It just has been a blessing to do it that way. And I think, yeah. you know, even if you take faith out of it, because there are going to be people who are listening that, well, they're, you know, Delano and Stacey just tell me what Jesus is doing. He ain't going to do that for me. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. You know, so take, take right. that part out of it if you can and just look at it as the natural order of things. And then think about how dissatisfied American women are today. I mean, what do you think mm. those eyelashes are about? Those are not satisfied mm. women who are wearing those eyelashes. They're looking for men. They're doing everything in their power to attract men who are perennially disinterested in these modern women because these modern women don't want to take care of men. They don't want to make a man feel yeah. good. They don't want to cook anything for him. They don't want to, you know, help him. Men are looking for someone to help them, not fight them. You don't want to move somebody in your house to fight. I, I don't know anybody who's like, let me find a best friend that I can fight with all the time, or let me find a spouse that I can fight with all the time. And all of these women yeah. are ready to pick a fight and then they're ready to win. Marriage is not about winning fights. It's about not having fights because you bite your tongue and just realize, you know what? And this too shall pass. I'm picking up these socks for the 5,000th time. I'm <laughs> going about my business. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's those decisions, a million of them made over and over and over again, yeah. but you're happy. Yeah. You're happy. So you, who cares about the socks if you're this happy? I mean, you, you, you hit on so much and, and I know, um, you know, I, I I wasn't sort of the biggest Kevin Samuels fan. Obviously, you know, he's he since passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and I I don't think he ever professed to be a Christian. So I'm not looking at this. I'm, I'm not advising people to take his advice as it relates to, you know, sort of a biblical approach to marriage. But one of the things that struck me is that whenever he would ask women, the clips that I've seen, whenever he would ask women, okay, so what do you bring to the table? Why should a man want to date you? Um, almost all of them, answered in the same way 
I'm financially independent. I have my own car. I have my own house. You know, it's basically they were trying to say I'm I'm an alpha female, and he said that's that is not what men are looking for. Uh, and it, it was a it was a powerful point, but I but I do think he was he was hitting on the importance of the natural order, and, and you're right. And I was actually having a conversation with with a gentleman today at an event. And we were talking about something, and I, I got to the point where I said, because you know what it is that, that every man desires more than three square meals and regular physical intimacy with his wife. And he said, domestic peace. He, he answered the question. He answered it for me. He said, just peace. You just want peace in a household. And I think for a lot of women um, sort of who have been acculturated, you know, over in, in this country, you know, particularly over the last, let's say, 30 to 60 years, They've been told something completely different, um, and that's why so much of the interaction between men and women, um, whether it's on social media or, or in real life to, to, to some extent, it's, it's always a battle. It's always about who can gain the upper hand on the other person, and most guys I know don't want that. And as you said, they, they may entertain someone like that for carnal pleasure, but most men do not want to get married to a woman if they know that they are facing a lifetime of fighting in their home, the one place where they want to have some measure of peace. So, yeah, I, I think both young men and young women um, have been poorly instructed. Um, we, we need a, a Titus II revo, uh, revolution where older men are counseling younger men and older women are, are counseling and mentoring younger women because we, we've just gotten the whole thing completely backwards. I mean, if, if you just go by what you see online, Stacey, it, it appears to me that um, to a large extent, this generation of, of men, young men, anybody under the age of 30, is more feminine than their mothers. And in some respects, this generation of women um, are more masculine than their brothers. Um, and that is going to cause major problems as it relates to the dating and marriage market uh, over the next 10 to 20 years. It is. But I, the other side of that is I'm noticing that feminine women are not having trouble attracting a husband, you know, fresh out of college or in those couple of years after college. Some, some of them are already engaged before they leave. And mm. masculine men are not having trouble finding a wife, finding, you know, gainful employment and following that that natural progression, you know, it, and it's not mm -hmm. always college. Sometimes it's that they're doing something, um, apprenticeship or something like that after they get right, out of high right. school, but they're finding their way and then they're finding a spouse and these more traditional homes where the mom and the dad have raised these people in that biblical model, the Titus two model, and in case you're wondering what Delano is referring to Titus two starts off with doing good for the sake of the gospel. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith and in love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. So it goes on to talk more about self-control in men, um, people who work to be subject to those who they have been placed in, in employ. All of these things mm -hmm. are there in Titus 2. And so, Delano, the, the model here, it's the unbreakable model. 
And so it's like mm. running up against a brick wall or banging your head up against, you know, your, your vehicle, the vehicle's going to win all day. Cause it's made out of some kind sure. of steel and, and plastic. I mean, it's got a lot of plastic in it, but all that's harder <laughs> than your head. So you're going to bang your head up against it to prove the point that you're going to get picked up by an ambulance shortly. And the car will still be sitting there. These precepts right. are similar in that no matter the culture, no matter if we go to France or if we go to South Africa or Russia, you find the two parent households and you're going to find the, mm -hmm. the success there and you find the single parent households. And this isn't a, a knock on people who their spouse dies or, you know, you're, you're left, right, you're, you're abandoned. This is just the situation as it lies. It's the same thing with college education. People who have a college education out earn people who don't, unless the people who don't are in the trades or in something right. essential to our economy. So these kind of things, they survive our outlandish modern ideas. They survive feminism. They survive, you know, bashing the patriarchy, but the worst of it, and that's the best of it. But the worst of it, Delano, is that there's so much unhappiness because I can always tell yeah. when I meet a single woman who's married to the government, she's miserable. Yeah. She's complaining. Yeah. And she yeah. kind of in, in our conversation, as we get further in, when I start to just, if we talk about each other and I share anything about myself, the minute she finds out that I'm married and, you know, parenting kids, it's almost like, well, that's the end of the conversation because not only do we not have anything in common, she doesn't believe in the way that I'm living, but she also can't mm. believe how unhappy she is. And, and it's the same with the young men who don't, you know, you're talking about that feminine young man. They're mm. threatened by that more traditional model because it goes against that kind of the, the femininity that they've been reared up in that tells them yes. to squash their natural impulses and to instead trend towards sounding more like a woman, you know, behaving you know as if you can't be direct and assertive the kinds of things that natural women are attracted to and these men yeah. have been taught from boyhood to turn that off and so this this is a social pathology that is destroying yeah. lives i mean we're not talking about like we can sit here and talk about it um from where we're sitting like you know no no big because as soon as i get off the show i'm gonna get, go get on the couch and watch one episode of perry mason in black and white and then i'm going <laughs> off to bed to start this thing over tomorrow and i know the right. same for you i've met your wife gorgeous mm -hmm. feminine very much mm -hmm. an attractive you know representation of all that is good so i don't mm -hmm. think you're gonna go to bed tonight and be like man my life i don't know what i'm going no you're, you're, you're doing you're doing great but when we're sitting here talking about the unhappiness that unhappiness yeah. also bubbles up in our politicals. Why, why does yeah. so much of our country, why do so many people in it want the government to take more control? Why were they so happy to be locked down during COVID? Why are they so anxious for someone, anyone to just take control of their life and, and, and make them do something because they're unhappy. Whereas yeah. I am like, don't, you better not even come over here. I'm grown. I got a mortgage. And I don't need you to tell me anything. I don't need you to tell me. I don't need you to take the taxes out. I can figure everything out on my own because that comes from being driven from within and knowing that yeah. ultimately the destiny, it's me on my knees and it's the actions that I take, not some government official. But they really want to be in control, Delano. They want to tell me what to do. And resisting that is taking more and more effort because there are so many unhappy people who want it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think a big part of this, honestly, um, is we're in a sort of spiritual conundrum. And when you look at the decline in organized religion, and particularly, you know, in, in Christianity, I don't think that there's any coincidence that there has been a rise 
um, sort of in the number of people who place their identity in their political party or political views. Um, and, and, and you can get this on both the, the, the left and the right. right? But with the left, it, 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 part of it is, um, you know, their abandonment oftentimes of, of, of religion altogether means that they, they need something else to worship. They need something else to find value in. Um, and it, it's every new movement that comes along, whether it's for racial justice or um, heavy air quotes, you know, at, at either side of this, racial justice or environmental justice or um, reproductive justice or gender justice and so on and so on and so forth. Um, so, yes, the, these – and we're living at a point where our even – Low-income Americans have iPhones and cars. Right? We have all of the material needs and technological advances that we could ever ask for. But you're right. Um, so many Americans are miserable. And, and the more someone puts their hope and faith in politicians and government, probably the more likely they are to, to be unhappy. Um, because, you know, the last two years, particularly since COVID, it has proved like people – you're going to worship something one way or the other. You, you people want to feel as if there's a higher power of some sort um, that they can go to and find comfort and solace. And, and you and I place that faith in Jesus Christ and other people place that faith in Anthony Fauci. Um, but either way, that innate desire to, to worship something is going to be fulfilled. And, and, you know, some people choose their own mind or science, quote unquote, but yeah, it's, 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 it's sad. Um, and, and you can really see the contrast when you look, you know, across the globe, you know, and you go to, to villages in, in Kenya or Uganda or somewhere. And even though the children may be hungry, they all have a song, right? They all seem content. Mm. They're not miserable like Americans, who, who have, again, every material comfort, but so many people, um, you know, need drink or drugs to deal with their own children, um, heavily medicated, you know, men addicted to, and women, but I'm talking about the men right now, you know, addicted to pornography, right? You have kids younger and younger ages being put on um, different types of, uh, you know, drugs, SSRIs, and so on and so forth. This is this is not a picture of a, of a happy and content society, and it should forever do away with the notion that the key to happiness is material resources. Um, I, I hope people, you know, slay that idea once and for all, um, because we're we're not a content society, um, and it's playing out in every part of our culture, including our politics. It is, and I just. I'll, I'll hop on this one thing um, as we close out here. And thank you so much. I, I, was, I was holding my breath because I'm like, well, Delano's a family man. I know he works during the day. The show is at night. <laughs> but I did meet him at That's church, so I'm hoping he's going to come on. And so when I saw the thing come across my calendar notification, I was like, yes, this is the way to do it. You so I got you. So <laughs> now, and, and thank you so much for coming on. But I want to, I just, as we close out, this is not an unhopeful conversation. It's mm. not that because a society or a culture trends in one direction, then the people are swept along with it against their will. 
There's a little mm-hmm. bit of that because, like I said at the top, we, you know, we're both contributing to the welfare state that you so eloquently mm-hmm. wrote about. And, you know, you can find that link in the show notes at StacyOnTheRight.com if you want to read that. I would recommend it highly. So, but, but hope is eternal. Hope springs eternal. God's mercies are new every morning. When we talk about this, there is individual choice and responsibility in any person, no matter where they are on the continuum of the dastardly destruction of our traditional norms, any person mm-hmm. can stand up and say, you know what, I'll no longer participate in this destruction. I will instead remake my life and order it in such a way that I can experience joy and happiness by making great decisions from here on out. So past yeah. behind you, future before you. Can you speak to that as we close out? Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the things that being a Christian does for me is it it comes to me with a sense of hope, right? So until the final whistle is blown and I get pulled out of the game, um, I, I, you know, it's it's possible things can get better. And I know even in my own life, one, I'm, I'm thankful for God's grace in, in, in saving me. Um, but I've seen how I've matured on a number of issues. And, and I was probably like a lot of young guys, for instance, who, you know, when, when my wife, when she, the first time she ever talked about potentially coming home, right, being a stay-at-home wife, and, and I, we were even thinking about homeschooling at the mm-hmm. time, I was so used to thinking, no, we need two incomes, and we have to do it this particular way. But I think God really pricked my heart um, and, and convicted me, and I, I listened to, um, you know, some pastors and, and, and theologians who were really able to unpack some of these issues from a biblical perspective. And I just said, you know what, I, I want to allow my mind to be changed on issues as as long as it aligns with the scripture. So, um, I, I mean, ultimately, my, my hope is in Christ um, and his finished work at the cross. But as it relates to sort of my day-to-day life, I also know that people can mature, people can change. Um, and and we it's never too late to try something new. And Stacey, I know you know this. The most countercultural thing that any person, any young person, can do today is to marry early, have a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. um, homeschool them, mm-hmm. and do everything that they can to culture-proof their children in a world that's going completely insane. That is countercultural. Um, Everyone who tells you to take this medication or read this book and post this square and raise this fist and, and you know, sit and, and stand and jump and heal, and they, they may say that they're revolutionaries, but they're really not. Um, really, right now, the most revolutionary people are the ones who are um, doing it God's way as he designed humanity. Yeah. So instead of wearing the cowgirl boots and the leather jacket and taking the cool pics and acting like you're a rock star, you got to be one. But being a rock star has zero to do with the cowgirl boots and the jacket and everything to do with living (laughs) counterculturally. It's like going against the grain. It's harder. And you really will be that tough on the inside where it counts. Um, And you the the joy that you get to experience from things being in God's natural order, I we we could do a whole nother hour about just walking out your marriage and allowing the natural order. People hear wives submit to your husbands. They think of slavery. They think of abuse. Mm -hmm. No, it's freedom that he's he's Mm. giving you freedom to live your life free from cares and worries that men naturally 
absorb into their being and take care of. It's like, you know, nothing for a man to order that stuff up and get it done. For a woman, it is drudgery and it is, it's a shackle. You, if you submit, you don't have to experience that. And that's just one. I could go on and on and on. I've been married for 26 years. I could go on and on and on and on. I could do a podcast series about it, but (laughs) suffice it to say, it looks different for each of us. You walk it out in your own way. And so, you know, rather than the podcast series, rather you just live it out and do the adventure for yourself. You, you got your own yeah. podcast series to, to work out on your own and you will, but you got to be countercultural. Delano just described it so beautifully. Thank you again for coming on. We'll have you back. Thank we'll you talk again. Me. Happy new year. Happy 2023. Thank you. Thank you. Stacey. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful evening. That was Delano Squires research fellow at the Richard and Helen DeVos center for life, religion and family at heritage. He's at Delano Squires on Twitter. We'll be back with more Stacey on the right after this.